Welcome to the Fast God Stuff Podcast, hey, yeah, yeah. where we make biblical theology simple, practical, and fun so that we can love God and others more. I'm Conrad, and I think the most annoying thing that drivers do is sit and stare at a green light. <laughs> <laughs> that is annoying. Yeah. I'm Jesse, and I think the most annoying thing that drivers do is fail to use their turn signal. Oh. Tell us where you're going. We're just two guys trying to follow Jesus, hanging out in the studio with our Bibles and guitars. We take just 30 minutes to chat about a theological topic and renew our minds with the good things of Christ. Stop! It's fast, God, stop! So on this Conrad... (laughs) So on this episode, Conrad, what are we talking about? Well, today we're talking about... Mistakes Mistakes we we make make about about heaven. heaven! Two, three, four mistakes we make about heaven. Mistakes we make about heaven. Mistakes we make. Uh, Yeah, so many people haven't studied heaven, so they come up with these ridiculous, outrageous ideas of what heaven will be like. And then there's other people that think it's going to be one long, boring church service. So the problem is when what is actually true about heaven is different than what we believe. Because how we think about eternity actually affects how we live today. Exactly. Thanks, Jesse. (laughs) You're welcome, Conrad. (laughs) So what I found a lot is when people talk about heaven Like, they'll come up with these random thoughts about heaven that they've thought about for two minutes, and they go, oh, yeah, you know what? That must be true. Right. Most of the time, when somebody says, I have this belief about the afterlife, you can translate that as, I feel like this is the way things ought to be. Yeah. That's how reality works, right? I just think of something, and if I want it to be true, it actually is true. And it's funny when we say it like this, but really that is often how people characterize heaven. In fact, there's lots of examples of this, even in like sitcoms and comedy. Right. So what I've seen on TV about heaven is something like take something that you really enjoyed in life and then multiply it by like a thousand or you get to do it forever and ever. And also something that people believe about heaven is just how you get in. As long as you did more good than bad in life, God will let you in. So that seems to me like actually a pretty accurate reflection of how a lot of people perceive heaven to be. And that is, it's some kind of giant reward for what you do in life. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the end is all of your deeds are put on a scale. And as long as the good stuff outweighs the bad stuff, then somehow you're just let in to this perfect eternal life. Right. So, of course, we can really only know about heaven if God himself tells us what it's like, which Christians, of course, believe he did in the Bible. But if it's up to us to make up what heaven is like, we're not only going to make up what heaven is like, but also how we get into heaven. And is anybody going to come up with an idea of heaven that they can't get into? (laughs) No. If I'm making up an idea of heaven, I'm going to make it really easy to get there, at least easy enough for me to get in there. Why would I think of heaven and then not be able to make it there? (laughs) But that's what's so wrong with our concept is we're building something that supposedly is of a spiritual condition, and we're doing it from our own finite human perspective. And the best way I think this was ever presented, at least to me, was by a pastor who said, you need to ask this question. Suppose that you were to die today and you were to stand before God and he were to say to you, 
why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Yeah. And the thing about that question is it puts it into perspective in terms of who heaven belongs to. It doesn't belong Mm -hmm. to us. And so we can't construct it. It is God's. It's his. And so he has the final say on who gets in. So basically getting into heaven is kind of like if we're at a concert and we're trying to get backstage, you can't just make up a pass on a napkin for yourself to get in. The only way that you can get in is if you actually know the band. So it's like you're trying to get backstage and everyone else is being turned away. But then Jesus goes, oh, no, 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 wait. it's cool. He's with me. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's exactly like that, because the only way that we are let backstage is through and because of Jesus Christ. It's what he's done on our behalf. Mm. And more than that, the reason why he knows us is because we have a saving faith in what he's done. So it's both what Christ has accomplished and the faith that we have in what Christ has done for us that allows us to be part of the band and to go backstage. Exactly. So the first category of mistakes that we make about heaven is about our beliefs. So number one, we think that whatever we believe about heaven somehow becomes reality. And the second mistake is just like it in that we think we get to set the criteria for how to get into heaven. So now on to the next category of mistakes we make about heaven. And this category is mistakes we make about what heaven is currently like. And the first mistake in this category is we think that heaven is permanent. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Clickbait. (laughs) But it's true in a sense. So why is it true, Conrad? What do you mean to tell me that heaven's not permanent? I thought that heaven was forever and eternal. So actually, there's a current heaven for our souls to go after we die, but that's not it. At some point, Christ returns to earth, which ushers in the end of the world. Then we are resurrected, meaning our souls are united with our glorified physical eternal bodies, which will live on a united new heaven and new earth. So current heaven is just a place for our souls to wait before Christ ushers in the new heaven and new earth. Revelation 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first oh, heaven... Wait, wait, let, let, me, let me get some heavenly music in here. Oh, okay. Okay, give me a sec. Okay, got one. <laughs> okay, read it like an overly dramatic pastor. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. 
always. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dramatic Pastor. At least that's how it should be read with that music. <laughs> exactly. Okay, fade music out. So because people use the one word heaven for both current heaven and the future eternal new heaven, new earth, I've come up with a term to reduce the confusion. So we'll call the future new heaven and new earth the Nooniverse! The Nooniverse! So the Nooniverse is the future, and current heaven is kind of like a waiting place until Christ's return. And then at that point, our bodies are resurrected, but in perfect glorified bodies. So knowing all this, theologians have come up with a fancy term to describe the fact that God has made human beings as both body and spirit. And they call this the psychosomatic whole. Oh, oh, as in like, as in like a whole pie, as in like God, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like God created a whole pie, like of both, uh, both crust and filling. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly like that because the crust is like our body. The spirit is like the filling, I guess. And of course, yeah. the whole pie together is both of those things. If yeah. you have one with just the without the other, it's not a pie. Right. So in current heaven, that means that when we bodily die, our soul goes to be in the presence of God. That's like the filling going to be in the presence of God. And the crust, our body, stays in the ground until the second coming of Jesus when they're reconstituted, put back together again. Right. And actually, we already have an example of this. We have an example of what our bodies are going to be like because we already know somebody who died and whose soul and physical glorified body were reunited. And that person, of course, is Christ. Right. So this is the way that Luke describes it in his gospel in chapter 24. He says, but the disciples were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet that it is I myself touch me and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet and while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of boiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. So it's the same flesh and bone body of Christ that ascended into current heaven. So while God prevents us from being able to perceive current heaven, that doesn't mean that current heaven isn't physical in some sense with spatial and time boundaries. And after Christ returns, current heaven and current earth will be gone because they will be combined into the universe. Right. And that shouldn't surprise us because that sounds very much like how all things started, right? Mm -hmm. That God created a garden, that he placed humankind into it, and that he communed with them in a physical and a very real sense. And so it would make sense, of course, that at the end of all things, when God eradicates sin, defeats everything once and for all, that he would bring back this same kind of reality, but in a new way. Right. So this wraps up the second category of mistakes we make about heaven which are mistakes we make about current heaven. Namely, number one, that it's permanent, and number two, it lacks any sense of physicality. Okay, so now let's fast forward to after Christ's return, when we're in the new heaven, new earth, in the universe. So if we use the word heaven for the rest of the episode, we're using it as a shorthand for the new heaven, new earth. So the next category of mistakes we make about heaven is mistakes we make about ourselves. 
So, Jesse, what is the very first thing people will ask about their bodies? <laughs> what am I going to look like? How old am I going to be? Am I going to be super handsome? Right. So, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what our bodies are going to look like, but we have two huge clues that are going to help us. The first one being Christ's own glorified body. And the second huge clue is just go back and think what our bodies would have been like if sin and death and the curse of sin didn't enter into the picture. So with just those two huge clues, what do you think our glorified bodies are going to look like? It's likely to be the best version of your physical self. Right. It seems to me that our bodies will be fully mature and wholly developed. In other words, like we kind of all get to that age where you kind of peak. And then from there, it's a little bit downhill. Right. So basically, it's the prime version of yourself without the effects of aging but also without the effects of the curse of sin. Exactly. And because there will be no effects of sin, the other thing that's clear from the example of Christ is that our bodies are going to be beautiful. Like you are going to be so good looking, Conrad. Even more than I am now? Even more. It's hard to believe. How is that possible? Even more. How is that possible? (laughs) It's the miracle of God. Oh, yes, it is. Because when the Bible says that our resurrected bodies will be raised in glory, that's the word the scriptures use. Mm -hmm. We get a sense from that, that we can anticipate a physical appearance that's going to be stunning and resplendent and glorious. So whatever now makes our bodies physically dishonorable will be radically reconstructed to be objectively beautiful. Right. And you're still going to be yourself. It's still going to be your soul in there with your memories and your personality, but with another big difference. Exactly. The last huge change that will occur to our bodies is that they'll want to do right. Because when it comes to doing right, we are not used to our body being an ally. It often acts as an enemy. Mm -hmm. And that's because it's a fallen body. So because it has a propensity for doing the wrong thing, not only does our body lack strength, but so often it is energized by what is sinful. And all of that will be stripped away. So our bodies will actually be our greatest ally in serving God and in loving others. Right. And it's at this point that some people still object that having a physical body doesn't sound heavenly or holy. But remember in the beginning when God created humans, he created them limited physical beings, limited in location, limited in time, limited in knowledge and in power. And you know what? He called it all good. So don't get confused thinking that God has to make us into mini gods where we are given godlike properties such as timelessness or being all knowing or being all powerful. These are properties only the uncreated God can have and what we can praise him for And it is good that he is the creator and we are the creation. Right. So hopefully we've cleared up the mistakes that come from the category of mistakes we make about our eternal selves in heaven. We will be immortal, ageless, beautiful, limited, and morally perfect. So the next category of mistakes we make about heaven is about the mistakes we make about what we will actually be doing. Right. We tend to just make it into like a caricature of one of the other thing. Either it's an endless church service and we're going to have to sing every worship song that was ever written in all of history, yeah. or it turns into the, Hey, you like golfing? I'm sure there'll be a golf course in heaven with your name on it yeah. for all of eternity. And you're going to do it over and over and over until <laughs> right. you're sick of it. Right. So the biggest mistake that people make about heaven is actually about God. So either they one, they limit heaven to only one aspect of God, thinking it's going to be an endless church service, or they go the opposite way and don't make heaven about God at all and make it about something that we want to do for our own pleasure. And so when we look at the scripture, 
There's actually two words in the Greek New Testament, which we translate as our English word for worship. One is often used in contexts where men and women are bowing down. They're singing or expressing praise directly to God. That's often how we think of, and exclusively how we think of heaven is, well, mm-hmm. it's just going to be that thing. But the other Greek word is used actually in the book of Revelation. It describes our future experience. It speaks of people engaging in tasks and activities to the praise and the glory of God. Right. So the greatest thing about heaven is that we get communion and community with God. And that's the thing that we often forget. We make it all about these different gifts or the circumstances or the environment that we'll be in or that the streets will be paved with gold. But really, the best part of heaven is that you get God. Right. And that's something that's really hard for us to wrap our minds around because God is so far beyond any human relationship that we have experienced. He's so far above our imagination. So to kind of explain what it might be like to meet God, just think how people fall all over themselves when they meet a celebrity or a professional athlete or a musician in real life. Now, imagine when you met that person that you worshiped, that they wanted to be friends with you. Now, that's just a tiny glimpse of what it'll be like when we meet the ultimate celebrity, the ultimate person, the ultimate being, God. Right. And if we leave it there, this is where people make the mistake of heaven being an endless church service. Because it's easy for us to understand that we are, are to enjoy the person of God, but we tend to leave out enjoying the works of God. And the works of God are other people and the entire universe. Exactly. That's the thing we need to remember is that we sometimes conceptualize worship in a super narrow sense. And yet, even in this life, Paul cautions us by saying, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God, whether you eat or whether you drink, even mundane things. And if he says that about things now, how much more true is that going to be of things in the new universe when there's going to be all these perfect things that we can do? And in the doing of them, we will actually be worshiping God in no less a significant way than when we sing or we bow down to him. Right. So, okay, what will we actually be doing? That's the big question. And this is actually pretty easy because all we have to do is go back to God's original plan before sin. Because remember, God didn't make a mistake with his original plan just to toss it out. And just like how he renews us, God renews his creation and his original plan. Right. So since the new universe is actually God renewing his original plan, we can further modify our clarification term for heaven from the new universe to the re-nu-niverse. <laughs> so to imagine what the renew universe will look like, just think of what a godly society would have looked like if sin didn't enter the picture. Right. So we'd still have all of human creativity, but without the selfishness, ego, hatred, and greed. Right. So consider like how much amazing human collaboration there would be if we weren't so busy being greedy and fighting with one another. Right. Because without sin, our society would be so much more advanced in every possible way, in community and friendships and the arts in scientific achievements. Right. So one of the problems is we have a hard time thinking of what activities we will be doing because sin is so ingrained in everything that we do that it's hard for us to imagine what these activities will look like without sin. That's exactly right. We just have a problem with setting the bar too low because we're used to everything, including the earth itself, resisting us, resisting progress, degenerating through time. And we're talking about an environment where that's going to be the exact opposite. Right. 
So this last category of mistakes we make about heaven are mistakes we make about what we'll be doing in heaven in the renewed universe. So far from being boring, repetitive, or selfish, heaven is a return to God's original plan of enjoying both the person of God and the works of God, namely each other, human creativity, and the universe. So here's the fun thing about thinking of heaven, and that is that we can spend a little time speculating and imagining what this whole place is going to be like. Right. So in this next part, Jesse and I are going to speculate about what we'll be doing in heaven in the Renew Universe. And so we totally admit that it probably won't be exactly like what we're going to dream up. But what we do know is it will be way cooler than anything that we can imagine. Yes. So whatever dream you have about heaven, you're not dreaming big enough. Exactly. And it is in this spirit that Jesse and I will share some things we're looking forward to doing in heaven. So what's something that you'd really like to do in the Renew Universe? So I really like storytelling and I love filmmaking and I love World War II. So one thing I'd really like to do is I would like to produce a miniseries about World War II, but from a spiritual warfare perspective. All right. So, yeah, I like to interview angels who were like involved in D-Day or the Battle of the Bulge or, you know, Midway. And I would like them to tell their stories about their involvement in these events. So you're going to get like Gabriel talking headshots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So totally Band of Brothers, where each episode opens and closes with interviews with the angels who were there. But the episode would then be a recreation and dramatization of these spiritual events with actors and stunts and sets and special effects. Talk about being able to see and hear something that would just like blow you away, right? Right. Like that would not be boring at all. Oh, totally. So Jesse, what would you like to be doing in the Rune Universe? Okay. Three words, hardcore rock opera. All right. Here's what I want to do. Well, I want to create a rock opera that tells the entire biblical narrative, like everything from beginning to end, the whole grand arc of salvation, Uh everything. And I'm going to get all the characters from these stories, Moses, Paul, everybody. They're not only going to play their own parts, they're going to sing their own parts. (laughs) So I'm going to get David up there, like shredding on a guitar, just going wild. It's going to be amazing. I love how both of us immediately went to the arts. Right. And well, here's the thing I should say about this whole plan is the idea is not just to make it like a musical experience, but like a visual extravaganza as well. Like you're going to be able to see and experience the music in a totally different oh, way. Wait, wait. So is this going to be like a, a concert, like a Broadway show? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. there we go. There we go. I would love that. <laughs> <'Cause> then, <laughs> then you need like sets and you need pyrotechnics and you need stunts. Oh, yeah, it's- it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be the the full thing. And again, we're going to get to hear like Moses sing, scream. It's going to be amazing. Like nothing like him reenacting, like breaking the Ten Commandments, oh. but putting that to song yeah. with like double bass pedal and lots of guitars. <laughs> that is amazing. All right. So how about another thing that you're really looking forward to doing in the Renew Universe? Okay. So I am a huge nerd and I- <laughs> you knew that, right? So I love Star Trek, I love love Star Wars, all that stuff. So this one might take thousands or millions of years in having to get to this point, but the second, the very second that we finally figure out faster than light travel or wormholes or whatever, I'm going to send out a call to all the nerds and we'll build a working replica of the Enterprise from Next Generation (laughs) and we'll start exploring God's universe. I love that. So Jesse, what else do you imagine yourself doing in the Renewniverse? 
well, I have this other dream that's also kind of exploratory in nature, not surprisingly. And that is, I have this dream that I want to get a bunch of my friends together. And because like our bodies now will be perfect, they'll be tireless, they'll be easy to do physical activity. I just want to get a group of people together and run around the new earth, like literally run around the entire new earth. Like just go out for a jog and be like, we're just going to go run around the earth real quick. We'll be back. Yeah. So it's like, oh yeah, let's go to Yosemite and then the Grand Canyon and then Yellowstone. Or yeah, let's just go to the other side of the earth and see how those guys are doing. And then we'll just come back real quick. Yeah. So I plan on just running everywhere just because like I'll be able to, and my legs won't get tired and it'll probably feel effortless. So I'm looking forward to just like running with everybody everywhere all the time. That is amazing. Okay. So we had a lot of fun with all this stuff, but now we have to ask ourselves, why does any of this matter? So here's why all this matters. When we understand heaven properly, it means that we also understand the one who is in control of heaven, who has designed it, and that's God himself. It also means that we understand properly what the criteria for heaven is. That's not based on the good things that we do, hoping that those will somehow outweigh these bad actions. But it's based on the fact that we come into heaven because we come through Jesus Christ, God's son, who has saved us, not because we've done good works, but for good works. So when we understand heaven properly, We not only can be excited about what's to come, understanding the proper place that heaven holds for the Christian, but it also means that we'll live now more joyously and more excitedly to love God and love others. Right. And it also means in a practical sense that for Christians, that we should just chill out when bad stuff happens. Like when when you were a kid, you probably cried over a toy breaking, and it seems silly now for getting upset over it, now that you have a larger perspective. Well, that's exactly what thinking eternally does when your stuff breaks now. So when you realize all of this will be gone, all the politics, all your stuff, all your health problems, it frees you up to do exactly what we were called to do, which is to love God and love others. So the next time you're upset and stressed out over anything, just take a breath and then ask yourself, will this matter a trillion, trillion years from now? When you're hanging out with Christ on a hike or maybe playing on a farm full of puppies or skipping across the universe. So thinking on eternal things helps you not to worry about temporal worldly things. And when you can do that, you can better fulfill your God-given purpose, which is to love God, love others, that's it. And when we do get to the renewed universe, we will be able to carry out this original purpose to love God and love others in creative and exciting ways forever. And to help you remember all this, we came up with a fun educational song about heaven. Everything was good when God made the universe, but then man consented, and so the earth was cursed. God won't throw away everything he's made. He's gonna make it clean for all eternity.
Jesus And all our friends is in happiness and never ends Heaven will be one with earth and we will share the universe with Jesus And all our friends in happiness and never ends It never ends And if anything that we've spoken about today has piqued your interest about heaven, you really should check out a book entitled Heaven by a guy named Randy Alcorn. It's a biblical study on all things about heaven. Well, that's all the time we have today for Heaven Talk. Tell a friend about this episode and remember to subscribe to the Fast God Stuff podcast. Fast God Stuff is a proud member of the Society of Reformed Podcasters. And please check out FastGodStuff.com for all kinds of content that will help you connect with Christ so that when you get to the great after party, Christ will say, it's cool, they're with me. (laughs) Until next time, love God, love others, that's That's it. it.